Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price and there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Oh, good morning, Ten Pencers. I'm going to really ham this up. It's early in the morning on Sunday because we've had a weird thing with scheduling and Sean's work and stuff, so it is... 7.35 on the 28th of October. How are you, Sean? Sean! 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 <laughs> oh, all right, Vic. Oh, How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. You lie and get. You're going to work in a few hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. This How is, are you? All right. I'm not bad. This is the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast, if anyone's listening. Mm. And we are on podcast 119. And this edition we're going to be reviewing a game called teddy boy blues but before we get to that which is probably near the end of the show we're going to talk about what we've been up to so first things first sean i'll tell you what i'm up mm. to a few things i've not had that much time to play on on the game actually because i've been doing lots of other stuff work has been manic because we are moving factories so everything's been up in the air all over the place it's don't know what's been going on it's been a nightmare uh similar to what's happening with us yeah yeah, so, but we've got machines and stuff to move and workshops and there's tons of rubbish to move. Honestly, it's, it's awful. So, what I've been doing though, enjoyable things I've been doing at home, as I've been setting up a small form factor PC that Rich Chunkston sent me that had Groovy Arcade on it, which is a Linux version of Groovy Main. And yeah. I never really used it that, that much because I had a problem with the getting the graphics on the screen. I can't remember what it was, but... I replaced the whole hard drive. I took that hard drive out, so all that stuff was that information was safe, just in case I needed it again. And I installed mm. a new SSD in it, uh, you know, hard, solid state hard drive. And yeah. um, I've installed Rich Chunks in again, who's an angel at this. His package of a cut down Windows Seven and the Calamity Display Driver and Groovy Main, the newest Groovy Main. I used his YouTube tutorial, which is his waffly main rubbish, he calls it. And the image I got from him with all the stuff on it, and it was a cinch to set up. Have you done this yet yourself? I did it with Groovy Arcade Dinner, which is the Linux one. Yeah. Which but the, was... win- the Windows one is a lot easier for us idiots who don't have to use, well, you know how to use Linux a lot better than I do, but I don't. So the, the Windows the version is better The only thing you have to do on me. Linux, it, the only thing you have to do is to find out where to copy the ROMs, and then you use a file manager, and that's all I've done. I've just set... Set the monitor type, copied the files. I've done nothing else. And it's, yeah. it's just worked brilliant. Oh, right. Okay. Because with, with Groovy Mame, and because and you use Windows Mame, I'm, I'm quite au fait with that. You can use a Windows any, you know, the Mame any file and stuff to set up loads of different things. And it's it's pretty good. Um, but when you use this Groovy Mame, if people haven't used it before, it uses the correct arcade display mode to display on an arcade monitor. It actually dumps out 15 kilohertz rather than 31, which is a normal PC monitor. So you do all the setups, and then you, you hit a button, and obviously your screen is going to go blank, and then you plug it into a normal monitor or a PVM or a TV or whatever, and it outputs really well. It's, it's obviously fuzzy because it's an old CRT monitor, but it's really good, and you can use it really well. And, and the monitor, 
displays on it for the games are absolutely perfect. I think they're one-to-one perfect, as far as yeah. I know. So that makes, you know, you get rid of all lag, you get rid of all tearing in games, all that sort of stuff. So it's absolutely perfect, or the best nigh-on perfect emulation, as far as I know. It's really, really good. A lot better than normal, sort of, you know, just a PC using MAME or whatever, bog standard. Mm. But I've also gotten hold of a MAME set, which matches this version. I think it's 202 now. They're really high up now. I'm just testing mm. out the ROMs. Um, and some of them still don't work, so I have to try alternative ROMs in there. It's, it's always the way when you first set up a main thing. There's always a few ROMs that don't work. You've got to get another version of them or whatever. I don't know why they keep changing the damn things. It's a pain in the backside. But mm. I've installed... I was going to install this machine on an ISIS, if you remember what I was talking about before. Um, mm. But the thing is, with all the dedicated machines I want to do, I'm not going to have a free ISIS. Right. So I'm having to put it on my horizontal pony. So obviously you've got the full screen games on the horizontal pony, and then you've got the vertical ones, which look about the same size as a 19 inch model. So it's really good. I was playing a few last night, and it's so so good. It's really good on a proper cab. It's brilliant. And it it's, is. It's it everything is, I ever wanted, and I think this is going to be the setup now. It's going to go in there and just stay in there. But I can also easily remove it out of the machine and put it into other jammer machines, but. The display on some of the ISIS machines, especially the one with the Cortex monitor, it doesn't work quite well. It's got a really big bump in the middle of the screen, but it works on PCBs okay, and it also works fine with my Pi main setup. It works perfect on that. And apparently the, the, the monitor resolutions are exactly the same, so I don't know why that thing is doing it. I'm using an arcade ASD. Was it an A? Yeah, ASD. It's an old version of sort of like a JPAC kind of thing. But it's, it's right. a different company. It's not an Ultimac. It's a really old one I had from ages ago, and it was a lot cheaper at the time. I don't think they make them anymore. And it uses the PS2 keyboard port rather than USB. But it seems to work quite right. nicely on there, but maybe it's just something to do with a slight difference in the, the kilohertz of the the screen resolution or the screen, whatever it's called, I can't remember. So it's not quite working on there. But on the other machines, it should work fine. But I think I'm just going to leave it in that machine. Unless I want to just pop a PCB in there quick... I'm just going to leave it in there. It's nice. I might even get two setups if I like it that much. One for horizontal, one for vertical. That's always the best way, isn't it? Yeah, do you know what I found with mine? Mm-hmm. If at certain games and you go into the dip switch settings to try and change them, the little pop-up menu you get for the dip switch settings yeah. is tiny. You can't read it. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, it's to do with the resolution of the game, I, I would imagine. And I, I bet there's a setting somewhere to make the dip switch menu bigger. I think there is. I think it's um, OSD, on-screen display, in MAME.ini. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's a resolution change on it or if it uses the same one you're using in the game, but I think that is... Because with MAME, the the possibilities are endless. There's so many mm. different settings you can mess around with and change to your own liking. I'm sure you could probably do it. I've not noticed that yet, but I've not really been in the dip switches and, and cheated on there like you do. Oh! <gasps> <gasps> You obviously, oh. put, you obviously put in auto fire and cheats on, aren't you? And speed ups and hacks and stuff. Yeah, I've been playing low just because it's so great for shoot 'em ups. I'm getting distracted by, uh, from the latest game by just playing loads of shoot 'em ups. Yeah, so, it's always the way, yeah. though, isn't it? I, yeah. while setting up some of the ROMs on there, I've been finding some ROMs I like the look of and popping them on there and then testing them. And I have found a game I'm going to choose for my next pick, and it's absolutely brilliant, but it's really obscure. I've never known anyone to talk about it. I won't say what it is yet. But it's really good. It's a really good little game. Does oh. it rhyme with Akflan? No. Oh. What would that be? 
or Mac Pan? No, it's not that. Not Pac Man. No, definitely no. not Pac Man. We've done a Pac Man before. We're going to do Pac Man anyway. Yeah. It's a really I, good I little game. I hadn't heard of that till last Wednesday. Pac Man. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Probably to do with your job. You're learning lots of new things. Yeah, it seems all right. As soon as Arcade Club, I've probably got about 19 Pac Man machines. No, 22. Yeah. So, other stuff I've been up to. Um, I have stripped out the black and white tube out of that TV that Bobby Idod kindly sent me. And I'm going to try to get it in the consulette cab. And it's going to be quite challenging, as this tube has no mounting lugs. You know, on, a, on an arcade, you've always, on an arcade monitor, you've always got, or even a TV actually, when you open the case up, there's always four little ears on the side with holes in that's actually metal case attached to the tube. And that's how you yeah. mount tubes. You know, you, they go onto a wooden board or a metal frame or whatever. This thing hasn't got any because it's so old. And what it's got is like a, almost like a bent coat hanger around the back of it. These little yeah. these little clips that come onto the, the front of the TV, the plastic TV, and it, it sandwiches with the clips and the tube onto the TV front. But obviously I haven't got that with this arcade monitor. So I'm going to have to sort of make up some sort of wooden frame that I can add bolts to to somehow clamp the tube in place. Then I have to work out how to inject the game signal coming from the PCBs into the input of the TV. Since this TV hasn't got, obviously, SCAR, it's a black and white TV, it's only got RF. And I'm not sure how you would introduce a signal into that TV. Because you've also got to tune the channels, because it's got a tuner inside as well. I'm not sure I'm going to have to use a tuner. Um, but at the moment, I've got no clue. But I do have a very knowledgeable person helping me out on this. Um, Is that me? I'll, no, it's definitely not you, Sean. It's definitely not you. <laughs> Remember, we haven't spoken about this otherwise. All right. Okay. I was going to put in my mug, my macro multi-galaxian PCB, because that machine originally had a bootleg Galaxian in it. But most of the games on there, which are all colour games... I think maybe space, one, of the, one of the Space Invaders works on it, which isn't colour. But they probably won't look very good on a black and white display because everything, everything that's a colour is going to be white. So it's going to look a bit odd, I think. So I'm mm. going to decide to take up Phil Murray's kind offer of a single-board Space Invaders bootleg he's got to go in it because it's got left, right and fire. So it'll work with Space Invaders quite nicely. And there's hardly any room inside that tiny cab, so I'll have to sort of keep things to a minimum. I'm going to put a switcher in there uh, and the TV chassis which is quite big as well it's bigger than a normal um arcade monitor chassis and that'll be it in the board and that's it there's no there's not a transformer anymore because this tv runs off 240 volts straight it's got a little transformer on it but yeah it's gonna be quite challenging getting everything in there i reckon yeah also talking about computers from earlier i set up a spare computer i had just lying around in an old screen for alex because he hasn't got a pc at the moment um so he can play mame on it i also set up a misfit mame single game shortcut for him so it's just an icon on the screen. He clicks on that and it, it boots up Misfit Mame and Spooky DK Remix as well. It's just like a little batch file I did from it. It's very simple. Um, and with DK Spooky Remix, it's sort of been incorporated into Mame now. You can run it with normal Mame with one of the modern Mames if you rename the ROM to dkongx11.zip. Um, so Mame thinks it's the D2K hack which runs in Mame uh, and it can oh. play okay. Um, I think we need to do this as a sort of sub-Halloween challenge because we've never done one before. We don't do right. Christmas stuff, holiday stuff, all that kind of thing. So if people want to play Spooky DK Remix with us, just for fun, um, do it. You need to get a hold of dkongx11.zip. You can get it off the Donkey Kong Fans Forum. Uh, and I'll put some information on the website how to get hold of it. I mean, it's, it's a really fun little game. It's difficult because it's Donkey Kong and it's Remix and it's quite hard, but it's real fun. Mm. And there's snacks in it. Snacks? Snacks. Oh. And ghosts. 
<laughs> and jars of eyeballs. It's great. Is there swords in it and skeletons? There's no swords or skeletons, actually. You think there would be? Shame. There might be Should some have. skeletons on the later levels. I've not seen them yet. I've not really played it that well because I've only been playing on the keyboard. We've been setting things up. I need to. I have got it on my cab, actually. I'll have to test that and play with it a bit. Also, went on an arcade business trip yesterday morning, too. It wasn't really mm. business. I was doing doing a little deal with someone. Uh, it took me two hours away to Cambridge and then two and a half hours back. Stupid M40. Idiot oh, road, yeah. that is. I don't like it. What have you been up to? You've been working away, working your socks off. I can see you've got no socks on. Uh, yeah, that's very good, that webcam, isn't it? Neither right spot yeah. here. I have been, yeah, I've been working hard at Arcade Club. Just getting, I'm getting used just to a the minute, hours. Just a minute, hold back up. You've been working what? Hard. You've been working in an arcade, and you say you've been working hard. Do you know what? Don't believe that. What have you you actually been playing? Playing playing Moon Patrol, haven't you? How many games I've actually played in the last couple of weeks? About 14,000. So that's how many arcade clubs got? For recreation, not for testing. Oh, really? (laughs) So what is the difference between testing and recreation, Sean? Testing, you just have a quick go, don't you? Yeah, but that's what you do to play Moon Patrol. Let me have a quick go when you've got five minutes. Somebody... Uh, some, somehow must have spilt a pint of sugared water oh, really? on, on top of Golden Axe last night and all the controls are gone. It just doesn't work. Oh, really? So it's, you're going to get problems like like an old school arcade where kids... You know, nowadays you'd think people would be a bit more respectful of these old machines, but obviously not. They're just chucking sodas everywhere and being turds. Anything right... It's already winding me up. I know why Tony says it a lot, the bar manager. Yeah. Anything with a flat surface, any arcade machine, people put the drinks on. So I've been putting signs on, laminated signs, no drinks on machines, please. Yeah. Especially on the gun games, you know, where they've got a flat surface with the two mounted guns. Yes. Somebody had a drink on the no drinks on machines sign. Get off my lawn! <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a bit cranky. I shouldn't do. Get off the machine. Everyone out. I can't do that. <laughs> and Andy comes into an empty arcade. Sean, what's happened? I've chucked them all out. Why? They were spilling stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's been really good. It's been really fun. It's manic at the minute because we've had, as we record this, we're still in the middle of the Halloween weekend and we've been open yeah. the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning to afternoon for the children's half term holidays. Oh, right. So it's been so busy. A lot of kids in there playing? Uh, at least a million. A million. That'd a be million. quite cramped in there, actually. Yeah, they've had to like they had to go like three high stack them on top. Are of they each. are they all playing like minefield and FIFA, or are they actually playing the arcade machines as well? You mean Minecraft? Minefield. No, Minefield's <laughs> Mine... a good arcade game. Minecraft, that's the one. Minecraft I am getting old, aren't I? Fortnite and oh, Fortnite. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, just a minute. You might be able to answer me a question. What is Fortnite? It's like. Battle Royale kind of game, you know, Battle Royale yeah, game. Yeah, So you just got to come out on top at the end and kill everyone off and you put the last one standing. Yeah, but it's it's the non-gore thing and you can... Oh, I see. It's a kiddie thing. Kind of, yeah. It's still like ultra-violence with no gore. And you can build immediately, you can build forts or walls of wood right. around yourself to protect yourself in mid-combat so they immediately appear. Oh, and that's where the fort comes from—the night. Oh, I, don't know. I see. I thought it was just like a two-week thing. Maybe the time difference. Yeah, don't you? Don't you know, when it. I were a kid, you didn't have that. You didn't have fortnights. You had fifteen days. You had, a, you had a rubbish skateboard with three wheels. Aye. And a Game Boy. 
Yes, yeah, so yeah. it's been very, very busy, and also with setting up Arcade Club Leeds. Oh, right. So is there many machines in there yet? I haven't been over. Oh, right. I haven't been over yet. I think I'm going over next week to have a look. Nice one. You can report back on but, that for yeah. yeah, it's all started. It's all started moving. And oh, cool. Exciting times. Oh, guess what else I've been to? What? Tell me. Again, Blackpool. Oh, Blackpool Play. How good was that? Any good? Oh, I've not been there. I, I haven't been there yet. I might, because it's Sunday today, I might try and get there this afternoon, but I doubt it very much. Oh, okay. Well, that's been on anyway. We don't really do that. Well, yeah. I don't do it. It's too far away from me. But um, yeah, it's, it's been on and you've been busy. Yeah, I do love that one. The, the reports from the guys saying it's really good and like, it's it's a good one because of the atmosphere in the place. It's like Norbrick Castle, I don't, I don't know how it's different from the others, but they seem to turn the lights almost off yeah so when you walk into the venue you've got all the marquees lit up and everything and oh, all right. the games they all seem to put the machines at the front of the venue as you walk in through the entrance yeah it seems to be the favorite of, of most people don't it? the blackpool one everyone says it, it's the best one yeah it's like the spiritual home of these events isn't well it? blackpool's a old seaside town isn't it? i've never been to be honest with you never been yeah. to blackpool i went the other day with wife, just yeah. just for a quick trip out, and I, I did a little look at Coral Island, and which is an old arcade, though, isn't it? A big arcade. Yeah, the one over the road as well, Fun Palace, I think it's called. And they've, they've actually got the the newer games in. They've not completely abandoned arcade machines. So Cruising Blast, you remember that? Yeah, the that, Cruising series. Yeah. Yeah, they've got. Did you have a go? You put a quid in. I have done it. There's a there's a Blackburn View Cinema when I've played in there. It plays all right. Oh, nice one. Oh, also, another thing I've done, talking about modern machines, just reminded me, I, last week was, well, the week before that as well, was the London Film Festival, where they have tons of films on in in different locations in London, all the new ones. Mm. And um, it's a big competition as well. And we we had tickets to see lots of different films, you know, in the day and stuff. So it was like two or maybe three a day we were looking at at some point. And we was in Soho for one film, uh, because the Chinatown cinema had something on. And I went past the Las Vegas. So I popped in there, uh, and wife played UB, because she obviously wanted to play that, and she did really well. She got, I think she got one hit off of Perfect. So she missed one beat. She had like a 247 chained combo, and then she missed one right at the very end. She was really annoyed. And that was on level four, I think. Right. So getting that 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 perfect's really good. So I went and played on Street Fighter Five because I've never played it before on a console or otherwise. And they've got mm-hmm. it set up on a PS4 inside a cabinet, and you pay for timed play. So a pound gets you fifteen minutes, which I thought was quite generous. Got a good yeah, few yeah. games in in fifteen minutes, and I got beaten up by a girl <laughs> uh, on the screen. That is not um, not oh, a yeah, really not a really good player because there was no one next to me. But they are linked as well, so you can play two players. I think it's one. Oh, I don't know. Is it two machines? They must be linked up via wireless. I don't know. But yeah, it was really good. Quite a good game. But I, prefer, I think I prefer Street Fighter 4. Yeah. I, I like Street Fighter 4 quite a bit. Um, but yeah, 5 is a different kind of style, if you know what I mean. It's very nice looking. It's good. I couldn't yeah. find Ken. I got to play Ryo. I couldn't find Kenny Ken. I like he might be in Ken. toilets. You he know, probably Ken was, is... yeah. In Street Fighter toilets. Yeah, you know what it's like. Those nipping, nipping to toilets is Ken. He's a little mm. weak bladder. Out else? Probably. I don't know what that means. What what was that about? Tell me. I don't know. There's probably things that have happened. Things, things that have happened. Can we leave it at that? Things have happened. 
I can't really recall much to be honest with you. It's just been such a busy, stupid week at work, and it's been meh. I don't really have time to do stuff in the garage. I've been tidying the garage again, trying to get things sorted out and get all the muck out of there because there's always stuff I dump in there and I've got to move it later on. So yeah, just getting stuff ready for Mame and hopefully, oh, Muddy Music has actually printed out some of the bezels and control panel overlays and marquees for food fight for my little isis cabs and bosconian they look quite nice already so hopefully get them soon and get them all installed and get some games in the cabs because i've only got one of those fully kitted out as cuba i want to get the other ones done as well wouldn't take much to do them really yeah the cuba one went to revival didn't it yes um hopefully when i get the other ones set up i can just take one randomly to Little event. So one day I'll take Bosconi, another time I'll take Berserk or whatever, and one time I'll take the uh, you know the Konami multi game or whatever. I need to work out what kind of artwork I want on the Konami multi. If, if you can find, I don't know if you can, if you can find a space in your garage where you separate them, space them apart just a bit so you can see all the artwork when you've got them done. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? There's not enough room, the, mate. The side art. Well, there's no side art on the ISIS cabs, remember? I was thinking right, about getting right, some little right. side art printed up for him. I may do that in the future. Because obviously, if and when I do move, I want to have a games room where you can see stuff better. I might get them so you can see the side art. But at the moment, it just no bother, really. It doesn't, doesn't matter, these wooden-sided things. But you could put a little sort of sticker on the side. I'm sure, nice there was some on, sure there was some on Cuba. No, not on the sides. Are you positive? Yes, since it's my cab and I put all the artwork on it. I would have, I would have remembered. Maybe at Revival, someone put some cider on and then took it off when you took it home. I didn't see any residue. Uh, I must have, must have disremembered it. <laughs> Enough of that. Arcade News. Hey, the corrections robot was right last time. Look, 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 everyone. There's a ah. screenshot on our notes here. In 2007, Jalico created a sequel to Plus Alpha Plus Beta. Unfortunately, it was only released for Japanese Yahoo cell phones, and it looks a lot of fun. It's actually, I've got a screenshot here, which I'll put on the website. You've actually got an energy bar on one side, and the other side you've got the weapons. So it probably tells you what kind of weapons you're firing with, which we had a bit of a problem with on the game, didn't we? Mm. It's really cool. Uh, my friend Hitesh alerted me to this. This is called Easy Coin Up. It's on uh, easycoinup.com. This is a fancy button you can use as a credit button, but not just as simple as you think, because you, you just wire a button to a credit door normally and put it, hang it out somewhere or put a hole in the cab or whatever. But this thing is very, very thin, and it can be stuck onto a coin door or somewhere close just with like a little adhesive sticker. And it's very, very thin. But importantly, you don't have to drill a hole in your cab to mount it. The wires that you hook up to the coin mech switch is on a ribbon cable, so you can easily close the coin door with a button on the outside and the wires just going through the door. So it is a quick and easy solution if you don't want to use the two-player start credit hack like we do. That is clever. Mm. That's quite cool, that. Not the kind of thing I'd use, but it would be good for, you know, events maybe, where they haven't got a button on the outside or free plays. Mm. Now, former Gamer of the Year, Pete Han, has finally achieved a gaming <laughs> goal of his. Uh, he did this a few a week or so ago. On Alien Syndrome, Alan Sinden, he cleared three loops with a final score of 2,328,200. God. I'm not sure if that's a world record. I would say it is. But three loops in that game is really going some, isn't it? From my research, 
Pete has smashed the old world record of 1.522 million points. Yeah, do you know what I've been doing as well? Every every Sunday, trying to get every Sunday dinner time is record someone at Arcade Club doing a an expert on a game. Oh, yeah. Doing really well at it. Just like a 10, 15 minute video that streams to Facebook. Yeah. And, we, and I've so far done John Beresford on OutRun. He's getting near the world record. Wow. That got a massive response. And, cool. And uh, John Stewart on Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. There's a lot to that game. Right. I've never really and played also, that one. And also, John Beresford again on Bomb Jack. And some, some guy come up to me at the bar last night and says, oh, your your video was brilliant. He says, I've tripled the score on Bomb Jack since watching that. Oh, wow. I cool. Said, and I said, that's all my, my tips and gameplay. Yeah, really. absolutely. You holding a phone. Yes. It was me holding the phone and saying, what's that? What's that do? Uh, what's that I don't do? know. What's that thing there? What do you think? Anyway. Yes. Guess what then? What? More news. Cat Despire, a retro bitch on Facebook, debunks <gasps> the popular false history myth that Twin Galaxies founded the esports movement. Yeah, she so, likes doing this, doesn't she? So, yeah, she put it yeah, a little bit. Forget the popular false history that Twin Galaxies created the competitive gaming and esports. They simply didn't. Atari was doing pro tournaments and logging high scores as early as 1977, five years before Twin Galaxy opened. Yeah. And they, they, did, they did a breakout one. Okay. A breakout competition and a foosball competition with big prizes, hundreds of thousands, two hundred and fifty thousand pound. Wow! The, the, the foosball one was in nineteen seventy seven, and so was the breakout one. And there was other stuff happening in nineteen eighty one. So, mm. Twin Galaxies. I know they kind of got all the all the arcade scoreboards running, but there was was competitions which you could call esports. Yeah. Bef, bef, way before that. Yeah. Um, the thing with Cat Despira, she does have a rather large stick up her bottom about Twin Galaxies. She has a real problem with Twin Galaxies for her own reasons. Mm. But if you think about it, uh, Twin Galaxies did start in the early 80s. And I don't know if they've, I presume they've, they've claimed that they started off the esports movement. But you always find that if something's about, like video games were about in the uh, sort of mid 70s, there's going to be, if it's competitive gaming, there's always going to be competitions. Even if it's just a local bar or games room or a little arcade running competition. If they're going to think something's popular, they're going to put a competition and prizes up to get people in to play the games. That's how mm. business works. You know, competition in business is really good. So it's pretty obvious, really, that there were gaming competitions before Twin Galaxies came around. Because it's like saying, oh, video games were invented in 1953. And then the competitions were made in 1980. Rubbish. Of course they're going to be done way before that because they're competitive. But she's obviously done her research and proved that these these events happened. It's just weird that no one else had found out before because I was pretty sure that you know they had 70s competitions with people in flares playing Pong and stuff. It's pretty obvious, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll just one more. I'll shut up about Arcade Club. But one more thing. We did a Halloween contest competition. Did right you win? Night. Did you win just going as you did? About nine people said, oh, you should have been Walter White off Breaking Bad, put a yellow yellow jumpsuit on. Yeah. So I should have done that and I would have won. 
He didn't. But this this little lad won, right? Some kind of ghosty thing. And his face, when he won, he won this big red plushy Pac-Man ghost. Yeah. And his little face like lit up and he was so excited. He ran <laughs> to his mum and dad and I, oh, he's lovely it was. Vicky brought a tear to me left eye. Yeah. It was lovely. That it sort of brilliant. stuff's nice. I like that. Uh, hopefully, really good. hopefully with you settling in at Arcade Club and when the Leeds thing's all set up and running, hopefully, I would like to see arcade club affiliated with arcade so we can get some of our decent uk high scores and we got lots of our mates that are good at games uh, yeah. to get some scores on arcade but i think you need to have someone trained in the arcade way of things everything's got to be recorded it's gonna be done live and all this sort of stuff so yeah yeah sort of have to look into that i reckon be good he is work and he is looking at doing some kind of high score system That'd be but in the, me- in the meantime i could just like jot down some notes on on the back of a cigarette yeah. paper or something. Yeah, you could yeah. do it. And send them off to Arcade. This is what happened. What do you reckon, fellas? And then do the score. Because personally for me, if if Arcade Club could get a sort of adjudication with Arcade and maybe have a day of, you know, people playing marathon games, just rope off a game, put it to one side saying, you know, this certain game, this Phoenix is going to be over here just for this guy to play today and get as many points as you can. Like, I'd, I'd try and do some kicker or something. Don't you do a six-hour stint on it, maybe? And even if I can't get the world record, which is like over 22 hours, I'd get the UK record. That I'd be really pleased with that. Yeah. Or just get my name on the scoreboard in the top 10, maybe. That'd be brilliant. I'd love to do that. People like Charlie Farr could actually properly go for some games he's really good at as well. You know he's good at like Asteroids and Cuba and loads of other stuff. All doing- of them. All, all, all of the games. Yes, those. Yep. So, looking forward to that when that happens eventually. But I know there's so much going on with Arcade Club. It's busy, busy, busy. Yeah, I'm going to meet a, a very good gamer today, hopefully. But I won't say anything in case it doesn't happen. But oh, you'll, you, you'll know by next time, anyway. Nice one. Talking about um, world records and stuff. A new Gallagher Marathon world record has been beaten. This is by Armando APK Gonzalez, who has been hailed as the undisputed Gallagher world champion. Gonzalez set a record score of 17,684,050 points, beating the previous record, which was a tad under 16 million. This guy also smashed a tournament settings record earlier in the year, so he is the Gallagher guy. Well done, Mr. Gonzalez. Well done. <clears throat> That's a huge score. It's, uh, what was it, 11 hours of playing? Something like that. It's ridiculous. Oh, Crazy I, I, sort of, I sort of start phasing out after 11 minutes now. Yeah, I do as well, actually. I'm getting too old <laughs> for this sort of thing. Any more news you can think of? There is some, there's been some news on telly. There's this channel like you put in, and it gives you news, but it's nothing to do with arcade machines, so I don't know what they're on about. No, I don't bother with it. It's all grim. No. Yeah. Arcade pickups. Do you know last time we spoke, I said I'd bought a... A Switch game online. It was only four quid, and it looked like a Game Boy game. Yeah. It was called Jack and Jill DX on the Switch. Only uses one button, as far as I know, and it probably originated as a phone game or that sort of thing. It's good fun, though. I really like it. It's got little sort of like black and white graphics, quite little chunky bits, and it looks like a Game Boy game. It's real fun. Ah, cool. We both got actually a box of US snacks from Pete Hahn as a thank you for chauffeuring him around and that. Him and his lovely wife. It, oh, they were lovely. They're really good. Do you know what? What? They're all gone? gone. All gone. Mine aren't. I've got a few oh, Twinkies left. All the oatmeal cookies went pretty quick because wife liked those as well. And they're quite nice. 
Uh, I've got a few Twinkies left because you can't eat that many Twinkies in an hour. It, <laughs> it hurts if you eat too many Twinkies. And the cheeses, I've got loads of cheeses because cheeses, there's tons in that box. But I rem- I made a new snack. Yeah. What you do is you get some Cheez-Its, right? You put them on a plate, you cover them in grated cheese, put them in the microwave, cheesy Cheez-Its. Oh, why didn't we think of that? Why well, have eaten all the cheeses, all of them? Because when you eat them, you get a heart attack. Oh, right. Well, so, I do that. Yeah, so I had to quickly go to hospital and get the heart sorted out. It's good, though. Nice. The son had the oatmeal cookies, and everyone was tucking into the Twinkies, so I hid them. <laughs> Twinkies? Little baked fish snacks as well. So I oh, yeah, sorry, we had most goldfish as well. Goldfish went to the wife, because wife loves goldfish. I let her have those. I'm not too keen on this. But what people in America do with goldfish, they put them in, in soup. They're like crackers, and they, they put crackers in soup rather than bread. Oh, They're right. good in soup. Get a little goldfish in your soup. Question, do you like Twinkies? I do. I really like because them. Because they're a bit of a joke in America. Do you remember mm. the tubby cop in Die Hard who was always shoving him in his face? Yeah. That's what Twinkies are. And technically, they are horrible. They're a nasty sponge with an even nastier fake cream, but I really like them. So, yeah, yeah Twinkies are a bit of a joke. It's, oh, what would it be like? It's sort of like a, a joke, almost like a 70s rubbish snack, if you know what I mean, in America. So people wouldn't really bother with Twinkies, I don't think. But I like them. They're a bit of a novelty for, for us, so I really like them. I do. I like them, yeah. Um, what, what, any other stuff you've been getting? I can see some red highlights in our notes. I've got another portable telly, uh, CRT, off Mark Singleton, thank you very much <laughs> for the Batcave. They they have got enough tellies. I've got to tell myself to stop it. I just keep collecting TVs. I've got three in here now. There's uh, no room in the Batcave. Sean, Sean. Yeah. Stop collecting CRT TVs. Guess what, though? you got another one. No. Since we've been come, speaking. It, oh, it, there's a knock at the door. It, <laughs> yeah. come, it comes with a universal remote, so you can program this remote to work with any TV. So I thought, Excellent. I'll use one remote when I'm setting up the Batcave. This is the Blackburn Retro Gaming event. Yeah. One remote for all TVs, but it's only got a one preset memory. Oh, like you. Uh, yeah. One it's remote very... to command them all. It's very similar to me. It's got a little beard and everything. But you... So I programmed it to work on the Hitachi yeah. and thought, yeah, it's brilliant. And then I've got a Beko TV and it didn't work on Beko. So I thought, all right, I'll channel that in and so that worked and then the hitachi stopped working is it hitachi or hitachi who knows hitachi i don't know yeah hitachi. so it's only got in my hitachi television it's darling it, put if... the hitachi on with you put the hitachi on let's watch some television but yeah so it only works on one but that's good because i keep losing the remotes at the back cave don't you always i found one in a bowl of soup yeah the other day was yeah. really cold fishing with it there was yeah I was in a fabric shop in Kingston yesterday in one of my local towns. I was with my wife. She's mm. buying some um, some bits and bobs to make stuff, usually for the uh, bandana, beagle bandanas. And uh, I noticed their CCTV CRT monitor was off. So I inquired about it, and they were seeking a new one from their head office. So I am going to inquire about taking that one away from them. It looks very, very similar to a PVM monitor. They sort of looked to me... Funnily, because my wife was taking the mick out of me as well. And um, they sort of said, well, what would you want that for? And I told them, if you're for arcade machines, I you know, collect and restore. So I was like, 
they were like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. I was like, yes, it is. Uh, the big one for me, big pickup for me, is I've got another Sub-Electro Isis cabinet. Oh. This is number six. Well done. I swapped my Battlezone project cab, i.e. not working, uh, for an Isis plus some cash with a wonderful Gavin. I think he's the best person for this cab as he has a lot of knowledge on vector game repairs and it won't take him two years to get it going, like I failed to. Uh, this cab may the cab that I've just got the Isis may house food fight in the future because the monitor's already oriented uh, horizontally, so it's going to get Bosconian or food fight in it. I think it's to change the wiring because it's wired to Konami. I just need to quickly change it. It's not very good wiring inside, but the game works all right. It's not bad condition either. It's pretty good. And I took the control panel up last night to have a look in the back of it, and the joystick is spaced out with old bits of coin mech. Right. Someone's just rammed some... You know the plastic coin returns on the front that say 10p, press to get your money back out? It's got yeah. two of them underneath the joystick as washers. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's that oh bad. Oh, my God. So that's going to change, son. That is going to change. I also forgot to mention a few weeks ago uh, that my lovely wife got me a Dig Dug t-shirt. It was one of the ones from mm. Primark because it was really cheap. I think they were selling them off cheap. Uh, and an idiot like me cannot have enough Dig Dug t-shirts. I think I've got three now. Three, yeah. yeah, at least, if not more. Listener feedback. Here we have some missed feedback that we keep missing. I keep missing. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. You keep missing. It's your fault. We've got some from this guy. Can you say this guy's name, Vic, please? Greg Mariotti. Yeah. I am Greg Mariotti. Yeah. I own a bagel shop in New York. Uh, is he? Does he? He's put. I'm not a big fan of shooting games, but Boogie Wings is very interesting, and I would love your thoughts. I haven't played it. Boogie Wings is quite a little obscure popular game, actually, in our circles. It's a shooter, horizontal shooter, but I think you can get out of your craft and run about as well and then get back in your craft again. It looks really fun. It's very colourful. Can't remember who makes it either. That kind of thing, but it's really... Yeah, it's a nice-looking game. We'll, have, we'll put it on the list, shall we? Mm. Bjorn Weberg, thanks again for the tour and hospitality, Sean. Arcade Club was well worth a trip, and I hope they'll be able to visit again in the near future. That's when it came the other week. Yeah, that was really, really good evening. Retro Rick from RGDS. This is the feedback I keep forgetting. Uh, next run to Chris Binary Star. Oh, oh, hang on, I forgot again. Come been on. Trying to, been trying to frantically catch up on the Ten Pence podcast. You and Vic are effing blinding, to be fair. I can see the value in two blokes who podcast together regularly, like a couple of podcasting divas in a duel to get the biggest laughs. And we all know, listeners, who gets the biggest laughs, don't we? Yes, the <laughs> idiot one. <laughs> anyway, it's but I've been having a go at Man Whip Bag. This is Bagman feedback. This is how long ago it's been yeah. on Main this weekend, and I decided just to listen to the current podcast to be able to get involved in the score challenges. I've been enjoying learning about the older games, and I think Bagman sits in that category of patience wins prizes. One of the win yes. prizes. <laughs> also, learning the patterns makes it a lot easier. Normal feedback service is now resumed, i.e., up to date. I'm sure you read that one out last week, you know. Did I? Mm. I'm going to leave it in so people think you've gone senile. Uh, too late for that. I have gone senile. Chris Binary start. Ooh, great game. He was talking about Plus Alpha. Well done, Chris. It was a great game. I yeah. Think. I think. Ross Ross didn't manage to play Plus Alpha. Very pleased to see more physical 
physical Sikio games on the Switch. Yay. No. K-Man, our man in Sweden, uh, Game & Watch Online also need Flash, but Chrome has support built in. This is pika-pick.com, which I'll put on the link so people can play Game & Watch games on your computer. This is brilliant. Have you played it? I think I've seen it before a long time ago. It's even got the sound, the little clicky beep, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah. They must, they must be samples, I think, because they're perfect. But I'm, sure, I'm sure I played this years ago, and it's very good as far as I remember. G.J. Harris, Gary James Harris, good little game. It's Twin B without, without the Konami. This is Plus Alpha. Mm-hmm. You'd actually think it was a PC Engine shooter map akin to Ordine, sort of like a brother and sister as they were the same year. Ooh. Talking about Plus Alpha... You know, plus self, we we thought never got a any follow ups or ports or whatever, but they did use the plus alpha character in another game. I'll talk about it later on. You you remember that? Remember, Sean? Put it in your mind. Oh God, Ed, Master of Horses, great game, plus alpha. Thanks for the podcast. Still going head to head on the office in it. I thought the power-ups were simple, getting the P until it's maxed. Sean was correct. The white power-up was for the middle weapon between your widespread. So the P's get mm-hmm. you your big, wide, extra weapon going. And and as you said, the white one is just for the centre weapon. thought so. Yep. Paul, Paul McCaskey, great show as always. He only got to play Plus Alpha a couple of times, but didn't really like it and forgot to submit a score. Boom. The aesthetic was good, but I didn't find it fun at all for some reason. Yeah, I'm along them lines. It was a bit of fun. Like, so you, you and have, Paul, wrong. You can have no fun, bit of fun. Loads of fun. Tons of fun. Tons. It's bit of fun. Yeah, but the top one is tons of fun. Have a look in the Guinness Book of Records, it says. <laughs> tons of fun games. Retro Jedi 74, Paul Higgins. Another great podcast, fellas. Plus Alpha is a decent game. I'm glad I got a decent score and a shmup for a change. Bobby Eddard, this is a random thing. I don't know if it's related to something else. He's just put, I like cats. Uh, I think I think you've got to take everything that Bobby says with a bit of a pinch of salt because he's a lunatic. Yes, but I think it's to do with the fact that I said on the podcast or in the comments somewhere that I like shooting those cats in face. You know the ones that come out of the sea on the second level, and yeah. he has got a bunch of cats. He's got about 186 cats in his house, or five maybe, and he yeah. likes cats. So well done, Bobby. You like cats. Mm. I like cats. <laughs> Steve from Retro Asylum. Hey, Steve. What on earth is this game you've got me playing, Teddy Boy Blues? Hey, Mr. Harley, you like your shooters, don't you? Give this a try and see if you can get past level one. Chuck a Tizen. Called Cloudmaster on Sega Master System. This is another one. I know you've heard of it. I, I I've, play, I've got Chuck a Tizen on my main setup. It's a great little game. I used to play it on a cocktail cabinet in the youth club when I was a kid. It's a great little game. A bit odd, but it's good. That's two I've got to play. Boogie Wings and Chuck a Tizen. Chuck a Tizen's good. You can... It's a little shoot 'em up, and you can change your character to eat specific monsters. If you think of it as a weird kind of scrolling version of Ikaruga, but in the eighties, yeah, that's a really rubbish description of it. Yeah, it's a good little game. I like that one. Uh, Matt Neo MK, evening Victor and Sean. Actually, Matt, it's morning. Look outside, man. Uh, great podcast, <laughs> always nice feature in Jalico. Saint Dragon was a good horizontal shooter from them, but rock hard. I watched the Plus Alpha YouTube video, and whilst that person is a highly skilled player, it's clear autofile was being used. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got different opinions, I know, but with arcade games, personally, it's a form of cheating. Do you agree? Anyway, shame you're not venturing up to Blackpool for the expert at the weekend. 120 cabs sounds interesting. Keep up the good work. Right, Sean. 
auto fire, cheating or not cheating? Yeah, I thought you'd find it was cheating. It's definitely cheating, isn't it? Only it's, cheats is auto fire. <laughs> it's, cheat, it's cheating for a competition. Yes. Def, definitely 100% cheating. But if you're playing for a bit of relaxing enjoyment and you get... I was talking to someone about this the other day. You get... You get they also a cheat. You get arthritis in your fingers. You don't like pressing buttons too fast. Do you I know like what? that sounds I like putting all. Yeah, it is. But I like putting auto fire on for a relax. You can't have a relaxing shooter; it doesn't exist. But a nice shooter. Do you know what? Not... That sounds like a cop out, but I actually know our friend Eric Banana does get RSI sort of pains in his fingers from pressing buttons a lot. So it, it is factual, factually correct. You you can get sore fingers when pressing buttons a lot, which is probably yeah. how I'm going to go. But on YouTube, I've noticed when you see players like getting, you know, full loops and not losing a life and getting, you know, marathon game stuff, they do use more auto fire a lot. I mean, that people on Star Force use uh, auto fire because it's the one way you can get. You know, on Star Force, where the, the little ship builds itself up in front of you from the outside, and when it mm. flashes yellow, you've got to hit it really quickly to kill it off, and you get like a million point bonus for it. That's the only way you can do that, I'm sure. And a lot of these yeah. Japanese machines. On, on the shooters, have inside a little circuit, which is like a timer circuit, which pulses. So you, you hold the button down and it presses it a great number of times, like an auto-fire on an old joystick. So I think the Japanese do use auto-fire in a lot of these games. Yeah, I don't think they see it as cheating. I think they have a different view of it, don't they? They're, they're more in the... Just the a different sk- way of playing, yeah. Different yeah, the of skill playing. of the dodging, because once, once you get into the bullet hells, the, everything is auto-fire, and I think they see that as uh, just... Not quite, you know, not quite, because some games, when you hold the button down, you get a different kind of weapon, like in Gawanga. If you hold yeah. the button down, your spiritual animal comes out, and you go a lot slower, but then you can deflect the shots with that thing. But it's still auto-fire, isn't it? Even if it's a, a, a big laser beam, which is like on a lot of... Yeah, but it changes. Games. If you tap the button, you get a smaller weapon. If you hold it down, mm. you get the laser, but then your ship goes, or your, your, your character goes slower. So some of them have got that, and some have, but some have got another button for the extra weapon, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of the cave ones, button three is auto-fire without the slowdown, which is your primary weapon without the slowdown. Right. Because I was given a Mega Drive joystick an actual stick with the three buttons on it off garen and that's got an auto fire on the triggers and when i played r type just on on the the super gun on the pvm in front of me here just testing it it's a lot easier with auto fire oh my god it's mm. a lot easier because it fires a lot faster as well i think you can set the speed on that one so it is a lot easier to play when you play like that i think oh, lovely it's lovely that's what it's about enjoying the games yeah, it's it's only when you're competing against other people who aren't doing that you've got an advantage. As long as you haven't got an advantage in a game, a false advantage, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, on these YouTubes, you do find, and some of them I watch to see you know later on the level, which I'm not going to get to. They are cheating as well on these main things. You can see them just going mm. through. So if you hold on a minute, they've turned off the collision detection there, which is a bit mm. pointless really because if you're going to show off how good you are at a game, you shouldn't be cheating on it. Stupid. No. Mm. No. Mm. Anyway, if Mr. Chris Plus Plus talking about Teddy Boy Blues made it to round eight and managed to complete both bonus stages. This is like Flicky with firepower. Also, you don't have to rescue anyone's pet birds. I always thought Ted was a Briton who dressed like an American greaser. This guy, in, yeah, the American. I've got a bit of trivia about you Teddy have. Boys later on. The guy in this game looks like he works in a department store instead. I guess that's more realistic these days if you want to dress like a yank. 
Or maybe the Orientals who made this game have missed a point about Ted's. Either way, it's not a bad game at all. It's definitely interesting. I'll agree with that. It is interesting. And I've got a bit of history on the name as well. I added, I added late last night. Uh, Deadlock. Deadlock. Hey, Tenpence Arcade and Sean Holly. Greetings from Ireland. I just started listening to the podcast. I'm really loving it. Although I did have a soft spot for Zane DeSlina. Oh, dear. By the way, I used to have a retro game in sight back in the day. This is Main Romlinks. Which you spelt wrong in the link, silly. I've just copied that. He spelt it wrong then. There shouldn't be an N in there. Uh, I corrected it and had a look. <laughs> Does it still exist? Yeah. Ah, oh, excellent. Shout out. Here we go. This is a shout out to its five or six listeners over the last couple of weeks that have come up to say hello to me and have a chat in arcade club over the you know over the course of the day i've been there and that it's been really nice you said oh i listen to your podcast uh, you know you're doing really well you're you're a lot 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 funnier no than the than the other guy and you've got a better beard is this funny haha or funny in the head oh, they didn't exactly yeah yeah specify. they didn't yeah they were at arm's length when they told you this weren't they yeah and you were dribbling into your beard at the time yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> also, I encourage people to say hello to Sean at Arcade, but also just jab him in the ribs first before you say hello. That's why I would recommend. He likes that. Do I? Uh, shout out to Pete and Pete Han and Kristen Han for sending us the snacks. That US postage is a killer. Do you see how much the postage was on that box? Mine was $68. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hey, US, oh. stop with your postage charges. It's wrong. So kind of them. It's lovely. Lovely. We shall repay them when we see them in December. Mm. <laughs> uh, also, thanks to Gavin, who's known as Syrup2407 on UK UKVAC, for doing the cab swap with me and making me a well-received bacon roll when I got there. Oh, oh I love a bit of bacon. Yeah. He also, when he was there, he showed me around. His, he's got his cabs in the garage. He's doing a lot of work in there. There's a lot of like, bicycles and model helicopters and all sorts in there. And he's hoping to get a lot done and then move them into one of the rooms in his house. He has a lovely house, by the way. Really, really nice house. And um, he said, oh, come in. Let me just show you this. You're not going to like this. I said, oh, yeah. And he went in another room. And he had a Major Havoc in there. Because, you know, I think Major Havoc's a you know, overrated game or whatever. But I did like it. I liked it very, very much. He's got... It was one of the repro cabinets made in America, and he had it shipped over from America. I think the cab wasn't massively expensive, but with the shipping, it, it made it—you know—the costs massive on it. And yeah. he had a repro board that he populated with all the parts, and he's got a sixty-one hundred screen he sourced for it. All the artwork, the rollerball. He must have spent an absolute fortune on it, but it looks like it's just rolled off the factory floor. Literally, looks brand new. There's not a scuff on it. It's not been worn. And it, it looks exactly the same as a real one would look like. It's not one of these repro rubbish made out of MDF and got a flat screen in it. It's got all the original gear in it or repro gear with original boards. And it, it looks and plays absolutely perfect. It, it just, it was amazing. I hate to think how much money he spent on it, but he's done a really good job of making it. It's brilliant, beautiful machine. It is a lovely looking machine and I was going to say looking un- thing, but nice. I was, I was, yeah, I was going to say unique. Was what was Return of the Jedi a bit like? Did it look a bit like that? I think the upright Return of the Jedi is in the same cabinet, and so is iRobot. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's had a little sort of pedestal in the front where the controls were. 
Hmm. But yeah, they're, they're quite rare games to get any of those, actually. Yeah. But yeah, it was a really, really good job he done it. And that's the only one he's allowed himself in the house at the moment because it is absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Also, one more shout-out to me for my mate Phil Murray. Let me just give him a little ping. ping. Actually, let's give, him, let's give them all, all the shout-outs, a big... This is to Phil Murray for offering up a Space Invaders bootleg board for my consulate cab. Um, he's also saving me on my little pile of cabs at his house at the moment. I need to go and pick some of them up soon. Um, a different version of Turtles. You need tur- tur- Turtles or Turpin, that game I really like, the old game. Um, yeah. He says it plays slightly different to normal Turtles. So I'm very interested to have a look at that. He found it in his boards. So I am interested right. in looking at that one because there was. I think Turtles and Turpin are made by or licensed by different manufacturers, but roughly the same game. Maybe different music and levels. But there is one called Six Hundred. Yes, and that is the same game but with different graphics and a different play mechanic, where you pick up all the turtles and then deposit them to the thing at the end, rather like Flicky. You know, you get all the, the chicks and then put them to the to the base at the end. And you yeah. do that with this one. So you pick them all up and then go to the base. And there's cars chasing you rather than beetles. It's a, it's a bit of a different game. But hopefully mm. Phil will put all these versions on the multi-board before long. Because it is possible to do that. It just needs his time to do it. And hopefully he'll be doing another update for the multi-board soon. I'm really looking forward to that. Lovely. Best games by year. Our favourite games by year. This is where we talk about... 1995! 1995. It's getting on a bit, this. 1995 was the first year I started collecting my pension. Really? Yeah. And you're still a blight on the country now. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) So you've put the first one here. You've got... Right, let's do some of these. Um, Bubble Memories, which is actually Bubble Bubble 3. That's a good little game. Still uses the same sort of mechanics as the original game. Looks quite nice. Ooh, Don Patchy. This is where... Is this the first the rev- Patchy game? Yeah, this is where the revolution started. I Don Patchy. quite like Don Patchy. Yes, yeah, Some not of quite... them I quite like, because the earlier ones I think I prefer. I do like Don Patchy. It is very good, and you can see Cave were revving up to pure mm. brilliance. Yeah, yeah, good game. Good game, good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Darun Dero Dero. Have you ever played this? No, you've made that up. No, it's a real game. It's a zooped up Puyo Puyo. It's great fun. It's going on my cabinet. Definitely going on my cabinet in one of the mames. Another one I found looking through 95 I thought was pretty good fun was Hyper Pac-Man from Semicon. S-E-M-I. <laughs> you said semi. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a weird Pac-Man. It's got jumps in it and power-ups and lasers. Yeah, it's got all sorts of weird stuff. Um, it looks quite fun. I've played it before. I've got a feeling I had a board of this years ago, you know? Yeah. Because I think I just got rid of it because I thought it was a bootleg. But I bet I Namco th- didn't think it was fun. Yeah, it can't be an official... No, All no, the it's, it's nothing different. like it. It's very, very different. Even the character looks quite different. It's sort of like a pseudo-3D type graphics. Yeah, it's, it's similar in style to Pac-Mania, but it's, it's, I quite like it. Do you know that. what I think it's more like? It's more like the arrangement version of Pac-Man. Actually, I think they modelled it on. You know, on the right. Namco Classics version? I haven't played that. Hyper Pac-Man, have a look, kids. It's good. It's quite a good game. Mm-hmm. 
This is an interesting one. It's just funny, this. Jackie Chan, the Kung Fu master from Kaneko. It's obviously a Mortal Kombat ripoff with yes. digitized graphics. I, I just put one of those horrible digitized graphics just like Mortal Kombat. I don't like the style of Mortal Kombat or any games like Pit Fighter, uh, Street Fighter the movie. I don't like those di- digitized graphics. They look awful. They just don't look right. They weren't, they weren't far enough ahead in technology to make them look good. They just looked really quirky. Yeah, I don't this like them. Like um. Less frames of animation in than the Mortal Kombat's. Ooh, anyway, dear. next one, Magical Drop started this year. Magical Drop from Data East. Yeah, this is a really good puzzler. Uh, the sequels number two and three are on Neo Geo Hard, which I'm more familiar with. Also, wasn't a special version of this made into Money Puzzle Exchanger? Where you, you it's the same mechanics, but I think you've got to grab the coins in certain numbers to get rid of them. Oh, I don't know. It's a great little game. This it's all like a reverse. What's like a reverse Tetris where you grab the balloons from the the top of the play area and you hold them in your little hand and then you throw them out at the end to to get loads of them to make them disappear. It's a great little game. It's good fun. Yeah, Manx TT Superbike from Sega. This is hang on for the nineties, I would say, and I've only seen it. I think it's only available as two player, and it is in where is it? Time Warp Arcade have still got one. Big, massive sit-down jobs. They had one of these in the arcade just outside of Weymouth I used to go to now and again. And it is two motorbikes you sit on, really, isn't it? With two screens bolted together. I don't think you have to play two players at the same time. No, no. I think one person can play, you can join in the game. But yeah, it's always, always two together. Never seen a single machine, ever. Mm. Next one, Mortal Kombat 3. This was really, you said it was last time. You said it was 1994, but it is a 95 release from Midway. It doesn't matter because it's rubbish. Mortal Kombat 3. Mm. Rubbish. Oh, we were talking about this. Namco Classics Edition from Namco. Yes. Uh, Gallagher, Xevious, Super Xevious, Mappy. All aboard the Namco Milk It to Death train. Let's release these 97 times. They'll be out when Switch 4 comes out in 2057. I still have them. They'll have them on, yeah. At least this one had arrangement versions anyway. Yeah, they are nice. They're nice compilations if you don't already own the PCB separately. So if you had to buy Gallagher, which is about £150 game, Super Xevious is a I don't know, 100 quid game. Super Xevious was a hack for that. Uh, Mappy has got to be 150 quid. It's a lot of money's worth. And also... You couldn't play them in the same cabinet because they've all got different adapters. I think Xevious and Super Xevious are the same, but Mappy and Gallagher, I think, have got different adapters. Um, so it's nice to have them all on one game with a jammer. You can just plug them in and play whatever you like. I've, I've actually got Namco Classics Edition 2, which we released a year later, which has got Dig Dug, Rally X, and Pac Man on it. So they're nice. good compilations. I like those. We have P forty seven aces from Jellico. This is a nice horizontal shooter with airplanes. Airplanes. Yeah, on that. Puzzle mm. Bubble Two. This is last of the good Puzzle Bubble sequels. Three and four. I don't rate very much. Mm. Rave Racer from Namco. I think this is. <laughs> I think this is. <laughs> uh, is it? I'd say it's Ridge Racer Three. I'll have to check that. But yeah, I like this one. I really like Rave. Do Racer. you know what? So do I. It is a very Ridge Racer arcade racer. And I do like it, but the attract mode gave me a migraine once. True story. Oh, the flashing and the, the yep. spinning lady. I was I was talking to someone at the barn arcade years ago down in Exmouth, and I was facing it. It was sort of to one side of me. And as I was talking to them, I could feel my eyes going weird, and it gave me a migraine. I had to go home. Oh. Stupid game. Great game, though. 
Sega Rally Championship, one still one of the best rally car games, and it still handles brilliant. That's what I forgot to mention earlier. In Blackpool, I played Daytona Championship USA again, thinking I'd like it. It's a brand new one. Yeah. Yeah. I just do not like the handling. It doesn't feel as well as like more modern games like Initial D or Maximum Tune. The drifting, actually, I I didn't really like the original Daytona either. Is it because it's not like your Seat Ibiza or Seat Leon? Could be. Yeah. You can't drift in that. It's got a stupid handbrake. So is mine. I, I I miss drifting. I miss yeah. drifting. Especially down the M66. <laughs> That'll ruin down there. Don't ever do that, kids. Even I've put on the end of this, best rally car games. They were, mm. weren't they? Sega Rally. And number two on the Dreamcast is very good as well. Uh, Space yeah. Invaders 95, also known as Luna Loonies. This is a zooped up, cutesy graphic version of Space Invaders. It's a lot of fun. Silly, silly game, bro. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter Alpha. This is a slight change of Street Fighter 2. It's also known as Street Fighter Zero. It's kind of like an offshoot to the normal Street Fighter 2 games. It's a very enjoyable series. I do like the Alpha games. The 1, 2, and 3 they released on Alpha. Alpha, yeah. Strikers 1945, the first one from Sikio. No. <laughs> time Crisis from Namco. That's yeah, a, that's a game. time time crisis five now with the, the little oh. mechanic where you press the pedal to duck down yes quite you, clever you can actually what i do is duck down and just press it with my hand on the floor because you're actually physically ducking down then yeah but you probably get trampled can't see the screen and the final one this is i've, I've always had a soft spot for this game viper phase one from sibu kiatsu it's it's a, officially a ride and spin-off oh you just play it. It's really nice, and it's got auto fire. <laughs> I I do like the Raiden games. I've also been playing Raiden DX, which I never played before. I've got it on my new main setup now, and it plays really nice. I've only had a quick, very quick go of it, but I do like the Raiden. I like the pace of the games. I like the the challenging difficulty, and I just like the way it plays. So I have to play a bit of that myself. Viper Phase One sounds good. Yeah, enjoying that. Sean. Yes. How did you not mention from 1995 Game Paradise Master of Shooting by Jalico? How did you miss it? it? I missed it. You can pilot your plane from Plus Alpha. It's one of their characters you can play in the game. And you can shoot at pony tables while flying over an arcade filled with Pony Mark IVs. This game even has a caravan mode, a timed mode. I have seen this. It's the game for shooting game aficionados like yourself. It's very, very good. But you're actually in an arcade flying over an ar- all these cabinets and pony tables come at you and attack you. It's a really yeah. weird little game. It's fun, though. It's daft. It's mad. I'm going to add that to my list of player my cab. So no no, no far. So far, I've got Boogie Wings, Chukataisen, Game Paradise. I have played Game Paradise because it was a, it was in a Candia arcade club a couple of years back. Oh, nice one. So he, Andy must still have the board. See if I can get it out. Yeah, get him, get, get him borrow it to you. Have a borrow. Yeah, have borrow, a borrow it to me. Borrow it to me. So <laughs> my my pick in this um, is the Namco collection because you get all them games on one PCB, and also Namco Classics Volume Two. Uh, yeah, really like the arrangement versions on the games on their own. They're good. And they, you, I don't think you can get the arrangement versions anywhere else apart from maybe a later PlayStation compilation years later. They never came out on home consoles, as far as I know, in the day. My pick, I'm going to have to say Sega Rally. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a favourite, isn't it? Yeah. Nice one. Arcade quiz time. Right, we have a mastermind quiz. And we've agreed that Sean's rubbish at these, so I've had to make them a little bit easier, and vice versa. <laughs> I got six, was it six last week I got in the end? No, you got eight, didn't you? Oh, really? As many as that? Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. Right then. Are you ready? No. Sean Holly, what is your name? Pass. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> One wrong already. What is your specialised subject? Biscuits. Not arcade machines. Uh-oh, I might have the wrong questions here. Here we go. Degrees. What chases you on the Atari game 720 Degrees? A man on a skateboard? Nope. I'm... Number two. What colour are the highest aliens on the screen under the two flagships on Cosmic Alien? Yellow. Right, correct. What controls does a gunfight cabinet have? A trigger and a dial. A, a, a trigger stick and a dial. No. No? Nope. A lever and a dial. A Too late, stick. you got it wrong. Number four. Oh. What's different about the ghosts on Pac-Man Plus when you eat a power pill? They turn invisible. They don't turn invisible. You they can't turn have an... No. Number they get in a mood. They get in a mood. Remember these? These are easier this time. Number five. Yeah. What is the first event on Hypersports? Swimming. Yep. Number six. What colour are the jumping enemies wearing in Green Beret? The ones that jump at you and kick you. Grey. Number seven. Name either of the female opponents in Konami's Ya Kung Fu. We were both waiting for him to say Tracy and Sandra. But we underestimated him this time, damn his eyes. Oolong. Nope, that's your character. Oh. Number eight, who made Legendary Wings? Oh. Taito? Looks, like, looks like you're having a poo. No. <laughs> Do an impression of any of the speech in Atari's APB. Actually, that's not on my list, but that's very good. I'm going to give you that one. Okay. What shape is your character, stroke craft, in Rabiolepus? That's a disease. Sounds like it. It's, it's obviously, it's oval. Do you want to expand on that? No. Did you get it wrong, then? <laughs> right. it's, a, it's an overly shaped... Of course it is. Everyone knows. You got little... four yeah. out of ten. Oh, I rank that as pathetic. Right, let's go, so, over your, let's go over your working tower and you'll have wrong answers. Rabiolepus. Yep. Right, number one, swarm of bees chases you on 720 degrees when you run out of time. I've no experience with that game whatsoever. Yeah, but you must have had it on the home computer. You must have it on the Commodore 64 back in the day. No, I just don't like it. Number three, I don't either. What controls does a gunfight cabinet have? It has a joystick and a pistol trigger stick per player. I said that. If you've rewired, you said dial. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Uh-huh. Number four, you also got wrong. Uh, what's different about the ghosts on Pac-Man Plus when you eat a power pill? They have green stalks on their heads. Why would they do that? I don't know. But it's new, exciting Pac-Man Plus. So they obviously have little stalks on. I don't know. They look like big blueberries. It's weird. I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, number seven, name either of the female opponents in Konami's Yu Kung Fu. You said Oolong, which is your character. The girls in that are called Star or Fan. No, I wouldn't have got that. I would. Yeah, I played that on the Spectrum non-stop when I was a kid. Who made Legendary Wings was Capcom. Oh! Yeah, you could have got any, could have guessed anything for that. And your impression of the speech in Atari's APB went like... Now that is the captain in the game, and it's quite good. But what I was going to do was pull over, pull over, or I sure could use a donut. Any of uh, those yeah. would have done. So you did well with that one. And what shows your character stroke craft in the Rabio Lepus? There's a clue there, Sean. Rabio Lepus. It's Latin. Leaping rabbit. Rabio rabbit. You're a rabbit in it. Oh, can so we do you that got one again? Four out of ten. Leaping rabbit. Just put that in. You're not leaping. You're a rabbit. You're a rabbit spacecraft, actually. It's not a leaping rabbit at all. Sean, four out of ten. Well, listeners, we've done the mastermind quiz to death, and now we're going to move on to some other quiz I'm better at, if there is one. (laughs) If you can can make one up, we'll do it, old son. Oh, bugger. Featured game review. This is Teddy Boy Blues. Or, or, Teddy Boy Bruzu, or Ishino Yoko. Different mm. names, different names. Ishino Yoko is the, I think, the musician who made the music. I've got more on that. Have you? Oh, oh. Anyway, this is from Sega 1985. It's on System 1 hardware, which I'm getting very fond of because it's got Flicky, Spatter, Choplifter, Wonder Boy. There is another version of Wonder Boy on System 2 hardware, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's an eight-way stick and two-button control, fire and jump. It also plays Pitfall 2 as well, which is a very colourful game. Looks like yeah. all this, surely this hardware is Sega's home console, the Master System on arcade hardware. It seems it, doesn't it's it? It's very similar. Lovely, lovely, bright-coloured games. I'm gonna op- when we finish this. I'm gonna open up a master system. Have a look. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Anyway, the backstory to this is, who honestly knows what the hell is going on? I'm not even going to try and bother to find out. Okay, uh, I know where the title comes from though. It was a 1985 uh, Japanese pop star called y- Yoko Ishino, and she had a hit song called Teddy Boy Blues. And ah. also, the game has an animated version of her in the title page on stage playing her song. The song sounds like this. And yes, they use an instrumental version of this in the game. Anyway, forget all those facts and let Sean tell you his much more fun version of the game. Go on. Ready, kids? Anyway, you, I suppose, are Teddy Boy and you are feeling blue because lots of nasty creatures and insects are crawling all over your eight-way wraparound platform things, stinking up the place. Stinking up the place. stink up my platforms, you cretins. Anyway, shoot them all in the face with your gun, and they turn into smaller, bouncy versions of themselves, and you collect all them before they animate again and eat your time bonus. They turn into these horrible black things. Chompy things. A level is complete when all creatures are disposed of. The platforms actually form a kind of a maze where some of the walls can be destroyed and if you stay still for too long enough a fireball burns a platform 
beneath where you're standing and you fall through to level before level below yeah there is thankfully no dying from heights on this game you can just keep dropping forever through the wraparound screens yeah you use the fire bit to strategically gain access to tricky areas later on in the level i think you have to do it with some levels because it's like rather like bubble bubble you can get stuck or you can't get into the bit where the monsters are so you have to use the fireball to get into a concealed area to get rid of the monsters Mm. after round two you get to pick from one of two bonus rounds as a girl and a boy bonus round yep. picking the girl one is a treasure hunt where you're given a side-on view of a house a bit like spy versus spy remember the yeah I remember console, that. Uh, sorry computer game mm-hmm. and you must run around touching all the furniture and household objects to uncover money bags picking up the boy bonus round gives you a shooting gallery thing which i think is a lot more fun yeah a lot you easier just... as well i reckon you just at the bottom of the screen, left, right, fire, and mm-hmm. you can shoot pop-up, pop-up pictures from behind hedges and stuff. Flicky and Pengo are included. Oh, Flicky, you say? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the girl bonus can net you huge points. The boy bonus can only get you 20,000 if done perfectly. But if you do this, the boy one, mm-hmm. you get an option to skip forward different amounts of rounds with the possibility of gaining huge points. You can skip to round 15 from round three. Yeah. And if you do it without losing the life, round 15, you get 600,000, which I think is what a lot of our viewers were doing. It's the same as Clax, isn't it? You could you could walk to level 15, I think it was, in Clax, and do the big X and get the massive bonus. That's what nearly everyone who's been playing this score challenge has done. That's why they've all got over 700,000 points. Yeah. They're all <laughs> cheating gets. No, we didn't. We didn't uh, yeah, not cheating. They just exploited our good nature, Sean. I feel used. Well, I've done it. <laughs> oh, you... Oh. You get. You can only do this level skip once, I think. But then once you've either picked the boy or the girl bonus, you're stuck with them for the remainder of the game. You can't okay. switch back from boy to girl. When I was watching a YouTube video of that excellent player playing it earlier... I think they completed the girl bonus, got all the bonuses. You get massive, you got 100,000 points for it. And they, I'm sure, they used the, well, they didn't actually use the bonus, the level skip, but they they had the option of doing it and they didn't use it. Oh, so right. maybe if you actually complete the, the level, complete the bonus, i.e. you shoot all the targets or you get all the, the bonus money, that's when you can do it. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So maybe it? you just didn't complete the girl bonus level. Yeah, you, uh-huh. you get every every fourth round after that is is another bonus level. Yeah. Anyway, that is the game, the mildly confusing game. The tips and secrets are it's these very are like moves. very like flicky. It is quite. It's it's similar, I suppose. Yes. You can tell, tell it's the same hardware. Yes. The the enemies spawn from dice. The number on the dice indicates how many enemies are inside a little dicey block, and every time you shoot it and one comes out, it reduces the 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 count on the dice, like yep. nine, eight, seven, six. Collect all the bouncy. Sean. Dead. Yeah. How many dice have you seen with nine on? You know, I've seen a twenty-sided dice. In yeah, but these these game. these are cubes on the game. How many nine-sided cubes have you ever seen? Hmm. If if like me, you You're exist, floundering now. <laughs> you exist in the fourth dimension. All dice have nine. I've always thought your brain exists in the fourth dimension. Nine bits Wh- on it, which anyway. is basically a shit chip shop in Blackburn. 
Yeah. Or some good chippies. Anyway, collect all the bouncy dead guys in quick succession for huge multipliers. You can get 50,000 points for some of them when you get the loads together on the later levels. Rather like getting the birds home on Flicky. Mm. Yeah, there is a lot of similarities. Mm. I think this Spatter and Flicky are like cousins. Yes. Yeah. Go learn on. where the treasures are in the girl bonus levels. Just learn them, and then you get an easy point. You can get two hundred thousand, you know. Really? Hmm. Massive. This is annoying. Snails hide in their shells if you shoot them at the wrong time. So you have to shoot them when they're either climbing up or climbing down, not full on. Well, I was out in the garden the other day with a shotgun shooting snails, and they do exactly the same thing. <laughs> No, damn snails eating my cabbages or whatever they eat. What did the neighbours say? Well, oh, it's Vic with his shotgun again. Oddly enough, they saw me with a shotgun and didn't come out. All the hootinous, tootinous, shootinous, bobtail wildcat in the west. Well, yeah. Mm. Uh, the yellow blobs, later on, you have to shoot them a stupid amount of times, like ten to kill oh, them. That stupid. is a stupid amount. Nine is okay, but ten is stupid. Ten stupid. Here's an ex we've got a little YouTube video here of an expert playing. It's a Japanese video and it's amazing. He is using auto fire, very yeah. obviously. But, but he does where, get six million points as well. It's where he places himself in the levels to catch the bouncing critters when you shoot them. It's only he, about eight levels, isn't it? And they loop. Is it eight levels? No, there's loads. Oh, really? I th- I thought, yeah. Ah, I thought it was just so many and they kept looping. Maybe not. But f- I think there's like, f- like Flicky, there's like 40, 50 levels. Oh, I didn't get that far. Me mm. neither. Mm. Graphics and sound, I've put. Nice, colourful graphics. Not in a garish way, like Fantasy Zone. <laughs> Weird, obscure graphics, really. Nice, jolly tunes. These Sega System 1 games all seem to have a style of their own and I like it. I agree. Cute and colourful. Rather like a lot of games on the hardware. Uh, music adds to the game, even though it's repetitive. It doesn't annoy me too much. The game seems to get difficult quickly, and you can also get a huge score if you persist on the shooting bonus round. Um, warp to high levels and do the level without getting killed, which is how you get your 600,000 point bonus. Uh, this seems a bit of a cop-out to me. Sort of the same way as you can milk the bonuses in Spatter, which, oddly enough, is on the same hardware, Mr. Holly. I also mm. noticed that it's very like Flicky, and I know you like Flicky, and I know you like Spatter, and the person, in inverted brackets, who picked this game is called Lewis Hamilton or something. No, Lewis. What's his name? Lewis Waddington. Waddington. Yeah. I don't think he exists. I think it's all in your head. I think it's you that chose this game, Mr. Holly, which is cheating, because it's your, cho- your choice next. Who is this Lewis Waddington supposed to be? Who is he? He, he and this is weird. you know the film Fight Club where in the end spoiler it's, alert it yeah spoiler alert don't listen in the end Brad Pitt doesn't exist it's just the other guy beating himself up yes well Lewis is supposed to own the game shop in Blackburn and he's also supposed to have been running the Batcave event for the last four years but now he's not there and it's I'm just there. you it's what what do you reckon perhaps it is just me I think Lewis. Waddington is in your mind, even though I've met him many times. It could be a dual mind thing. Oh, my God. You're trying to tell me my mind's connected? Oh, no. No, no. 
Carry on. We, we spent too much time. Move on quickly. Move on very quickly. Podcasted together. Uh, I can't Ted... find any cabinet art for it. It, it. I think all these games back in the day, apart from like, was Wonder Boy even in its own cabinet? I don't think it was. I don't remember seeing any. I think it was dedicated. just a kit. Because yeah. I've got a theory about this, right? Was there a time in Japan where games were just installed in generic upright cabinets and cocktail cabinets? Because there was a lot of cocktail cabinets in Japan, all made by different mm. manufacturers, but they weren't really themed for the game. You know, you saw the tabletop and you put an underlay underneath the table and maybe put a different control panel on it, whatever. But there, there weren't... Oh, I've been to Japan and I didn't see that many dedicated machines. I saw a few of the older, older ones, but sort of mid-80s and, and all the way through to modern-day time, it was all candy cabs, which are generic jammer machines with games themed onto them. So I don't think Japan got many dedicated cabinets. I think they just got a lot of kits to put in existing machines in arcades. Yeah. Because a lot of the games I played, in, even in the old arcade in Odaiba, there was a ton of cocktail cabinets and a ton of older candy cabs with games in them, which is like a marquee. And even the control panels were kind of generic. Yeah, you could be right there. So I don't think they got a lot of um, dedicated games. And it, obviously, this game wasn't really big in the West either, because I've never heard of it before. But it did have releases on some of the consoles, which we'll get onto. Mm. So the trivia you've written here is, a teddy boy, also known as a Ted, is a British subculture typified by young men wearing clothes that were partly inspired by the Star Wars of dandies in the Edwardian period which Savile Road tailors had attempted to reduce in Britain after the Second World War. The subculture started in London in the early 50s and rapidly spread across the UK, then becoming strongly associated with rock and roll and also fighting with other music-based gangs. There was a, yeah, lot of, a lot of Teddy Boys versus the mods and Teddy Boys versus the rockers and all this sort of junk that went on in the 50s and 60s. And there was got quite a lot of violent clashes. Yeah. But they used to wear like bright-coloured suits, like light blue suits and the the... the, the Jackets were always really long jackets, I remember. I asked my granddad once if he was a mod or a rocker, and he did reply, and I've forgotten. <laughs> probably, <laughs> I've forgotten. Probably a anyway. teddy boy if he was quite stylish. Yeah. So, um, there was a port for this released on uh, Sega Mark III, which was on the, one of their release titles for the machine, which was the earlier version of the Master System. It was later released on the Master System just as Teddy Boy. And all the references and music of Yoko Ishino were removed. Presumably she wasn't known in the West. No. Uh, and the, the Genesis also got a version in Japan, Sega Genesis, but this was only on their MegaNet service. Later re-released as a compilation of MegaNet games on the Sega CD. Yeah. Um, but also, in Brazil, there's a company called Tectoy, and they still make Sega consoles under license. They still do them to this day. Um and they released this title, too, under the title Geraldino, which is a character from a Brazilian cartoonist called Glauco. It's made easier for the game by giving you five lives instead of three, probably geared towards the younger players, because it's a toy company. I think they market these old Genesis or old Mega Drives, Master Systems, and Game Gears to younger kids for you know a price point for a toy for a child. And I think mm. they, they still do that to this day. So you can get some really odd Sega machines by this third-party company. They're cool as yeah. well. They're really nice versions, actually. And this, I think they made uh, they made a blue Game Gear back in the day, and they did a Genesis. I think it was a Genesis three they made. Could be wrong, but they did lots of newer versions of the same old hardware, you know, in different form factors. Quite nice though. Wow. 
Okay, kids, let's look at the scores. And these scores, because we're recording on Sunday morning... We may add to them if someone adds in a late one, yeah. Yeah, a day and a half of gameplay left. So I will put the finalised scores on the website. Yes. So you can see them. But this is as they stand now. This is this is uh-huh. now, now, now. Paul McCaskey, 156, 990. Had a quick go. It's a weird game. Kind of reminds me of Bubble Bobble or Rainbow Islands, except with a machine gun. Very I'm, odd. To, to put, I didn't, I'm not going to put a score in for this one because my main machine I played on didn't save the score for it. So I had to look earlier this morning. I couldn't find a score I saved. I think I got about 200,000. It doesn't matter, though. I didn't have many games of it. So it doesn't really matter about my score. So next one up the list is Lewis Batcave, 197,510. Those snails are the worst. Is this, it, is this the guy in your head still? Is it? Yeah, is it Lewis or was it me? Or was it you? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to have a word with myself. Anyway, Mick Ordwell. Mick Ordwell, sorry. 198,970. First couple of plays. This one's going to be fun. And it was. Michael Vortman, uh, 222,660. He's doing the laundry. Check. Breakfast for the little ones. Check. First try on Teddy Blue Boys for 10p score. Check. Chris Plus Plus, as we mentioned his feedback before, 252,000. Matt Neo MK, 269.20. He says, tedious too soon. You need to spend time learning the level layouts to progress and avoid many cheap deaths. But I can't be asked. For 1985, I would have expected a bit more. Best bit, the walking noises takes me back to Ultimate's Night Lore on the Spectrum. Hmm. Mm, I know what he means. Brian Haribo. 694810. Doesn't anyone else find this game slightly disturbing? At first, I thought you were shooting the baddies and turning them into babies, then you kick them off the level. So, yes, that is quite disturbing. But I think you're just shrinking them with your shrink ray. That's what I yeah. reckon. But the fir- the characters are a bit odd in this game. The enemies, the first ones look like those Mexican wrestlers, you know, with the sort of masks on, the stretchy masks. <laughs> And then you get those, you know, you know the Chinese dragons when they have a big Chinese parade and they have the people dressed as a dragon. There's loads of them in there. And they're moving around. Yeah. That's what some of the characters look like. You got these weird snails, yellow blobs. You got these weird little, almost like human crickets jumping around. They're really yeah. disturbing. I don't like them. They look like a, a just a bendy pair of legs. It it sort of reminds me of some of the weird graphics on Fantasy Zone. And I've got a feeling all the games we mentioned with this hardware must have been worked on by the same teams because there's lots of tropes of that of that team whoever did System 1 games. Very similar games. Very weird. Yeah. Well, next up we have me with 706,010. What I did, I did level 1 and 2 which were dead easy then I kept practicing level 15 until I could do it and that gives you 600,000 and then you get to level 16 immediately destroyed I was going to do this but I didn't have time to do it I think it was very easy to do that eventually wasn't it and that's what nearly everyone's done mm. so you're all cheating gets I'm going to say that because I didn't do it Haha. Ha. Uh, ah. Neil 20 to 5, 715,200. Yay, I love it. This has got some serious legs. Going to be a good fortnight, guys. Utter gem. You really like this one. Well done, Neil. Mr. Stick, 727,780. Damn, I should have tried to jump to level 15 sooner. Knowing the pattern, I think it's easier than level 11. Ooh. Matthew Bridge, 747,350. It's a shame I have a busy week because this is annoyingly addictive. 
Mm. Ed Horse, who carried on playing plus alpha, is coming up to a million on plus alpha. Wow. 768, 460. Not great, but then again, I have been skipping most levels for the bigger bonus. Don't like the snails. Yeah. I don't like snails. Get a shotgun on them. Charlie yeah. Farr. Charlie Farr, way down the list. 791,590. Tedious boy blues, he calls it. Some games are best left obscure. Oh, do I like it? Ben Granville, 800,600. Is this game loading off tape? It does take a long time to boot up. Yeah. 600,000 bonus plus a few levels. Sadly, my computer died, so I don't know if I'll get a better go. You didn't need to. That's number three. Sol, number two. Go on. 807,290. Teddy Bright Blues. I don't like level 17. But level 42, we're all reet. Lessons in love. Remember level 42 from Pop Charts in 80s? Yeah? You remember them? That lad with his bass. Oh, I love that, mate. <laughs> I, I may have embellished some of his feedback there. <laughs> Chris Mooncrest the bootleg, as it stands at the minute, is leading with 1,023,560. Got a massive multiplier, he said, and broke the million point mark. That's what she said. Oof! <laughs> So some pretty good scores there because everyone jumped to level 15 and did the thing. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe we, maybe, we didn't way. know about that. If we'd known about that beforehand, we could have said, right, no level jumps and then seen how people were actually good at it or not. you still got to be good to do that level 15. Yeah, I reckon it is very difficult, that one. It's manic, yeah. Yeah. So what do you reckon of the game, Sean? What do you reckon? Teddy Boy feels nice to control and the bonus levels are interesting. However, by round five, I feel the mazes stroke platform levels have become too closed in and cramped and it's hard to move or drop down into different areas or get into different areas without being killed by the bad guys. It's so... When they're all bouncing around off of two different platforms, you try and drop in there and shoot them or jump up and it's really difficult. I think the skill in this game, like the video we watched is when to shoot the dice blocks to release the monsters in it. Because some of them, you know, they've got loads of them jumping around at one time, like the little bouncy leg people. There's like 10 of them at a time. And then there's the one that's like a fiery sort of caterpillar. And there's loads of them. If you release loads of them, they're all bouncing around the screen everywhere, and it's almost impossible to get in amongst them to shoot them. So I think you have to pick when you release them and where you shoot them and then pick them up to get your bonuses. So it's easy to kill them and then get the bonuses from them. But... We're just idiots who shoot stuff, so we probably didn't do that. No. This fiddly gameplay completely ruins it for me, I'm afraid. I'm sure there are mega point secrets to be discovered, though, just like in Flicky and Spatter. I bet there's mega points. I think Chris has found a few of them, I think. Watching an expert player on YouTube is a sight to behold, but I can't be bothered, to be honest, to keep persevering with it. It's... It's all right. I think it just got too cramped, and I didn't like being blocked in. Like, I don't like being blocked in in a car park. But on a game, on a game, it's worse. Especially with those leggy people running around the car park. Yeah. And those those Mexican wrestlers. Yeah. All turning into babies. It's bizarre, isn't it? Trying to jump on your roof. Yeah. God damn it, Mexican. I enjoyed this game for a bit. But some of the enemies are like lightning. They're really quick. After watching the Ace player on YouTube getting over 6 million points, I too cannot be asked to work out the intricacies of the game. I do like the mad enemy characters, though. Quite fun. Colourful and not a bad Wii game overall. I prefer this to Flicky because you can control the character better. 
because there's no slidiness. And you're a cute kid with a beret, not a stupid blue bird. I bet that bonus level where you're shooting Flicky, I bet you loved it. Do you know what I... Yeah, I did, actually. I like to shoot his beak right off his face. <laughs> Idiot beak, I call him. Okay, that's that game done. It wasn't bad. Not a bad little game. Yeah, I, do you know what? Out of, out of the, the, the System 1 games we played, I think I enjoyed Spatter more than any of them. That was a great little game you picked there. Was it you that picked that one? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good little I... game. Next show's game. Don't disappoint me, Sean, with this week's, your next time's pick. Okay. I've left it blank because I've been thinking right up to the ninth hour, 11th hour, you 12th don't, hour. You don't want to upset me, do you? It better be a good one, Sean. This is Terraplan. Oh, brilliant. Really? Terraplan's brilliant. Truxton 2. <sighs> Have we done Truxton before? No. Oh, I'll let you off then. Truxton Tatsujin O. Yeah. Default settings when I find them, kids. This is a very last minute thing I'm thinking of. It's auto fire. Yeah. And it's fantastic gameplay, great music, brilliant vertical shooter. I've I've played it over the years, but not seriously. And I'm trying to going to make time in these next two weeks to play it properly. Look at my face, Sean. What's that? Are you, are you having a, a fit or? No, this is my nonplussed face. You are you like? Do you not like Truxton and Truxton too? I think they're okay, but it's just typical of you to pick a tower plan shooter, isn't it? You no. sir are obvious. You are a basic bitch. <laughs> the last one I picked was Outzone, and that was nine years ago. That was awful. Right, that's good. Everyone played Tatsujin O or Truxton Two, but another note on my next pick, which will be the week, the two weeks after this one, it's an obscure one. But an excellent one. If you like Bomb Jack and Star Force, you'll like this game I'm going to pick. Oh, is it? No, Bomb, don't say anything. Bomb don't. Force? No, it's Force it Jack. St- Star Jack. <laughs> Star Jack. <laughs> no, it's it's a game that shares styles from those two games, and no one will be able to guess it because it's really obscure. Right, kids, get your score submissions in by. Now we're getting them in by Mondays and not Sundays because we we normally record on a Monday. Monday the twelfth of November. Yes, please. Two thousand and eighteen. Wow. Not next year. This year be good. This year. Okay, that is about it. So thank you for podcasting with me again, Sean. Hope you have a good day at working. So I'm going to relax and do some stuff. And I'll talk to you in two weeks' time. And good luck on the game, everyone. Yes, thank you, kids. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 